In 2020, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court, a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Greater Manchester Underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as Dream Festival curators. If you have a festival, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Yorkfest team. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Your Fest, the podcast that is all about music festivals. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Face Sharples, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host. It's Tommy, Mr. T. Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing? Ain't getting on no plane, fool. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite good. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm very well. Very well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, if anybody hasn't listened to this podcast before, uh, would you like to give a brief explainer of what the podcast is all about? Yeah, each week we get a guest on to talk about their dream festival. Uh, three headliners from any time, past or present, dead or alive. <laughs> they have to pick a name and a location for the festival. And, uh, oh, days of the week as well. Our guest this week is the fantastic comedian Lucy Porter, who you may have seen on television programmes like Would I Lie to You and QI. You may have heard on Not to Discredit My punk credentials that I've built up over the past 14 episodes, but on one of my favourite Radio 4 shows, uh, The Unbelievable Truth. Um, she also does her own podcast all about quizzes called Fingers on Buzzers with Jenny Ryan off of The Chase. And she is extremely knowledgeable about music, extremely knowledgeable about a lot of things and very funny. So it should be an excellent episode. I thought you were going to say, when you said the Radio 4 thing, I thought you were going to say The Archers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Lucy's been in The Archers, but uh, maybe, that'll come, maybe that'll come up in her festival. Um, so, should we go straight to it? Yes, let's go to it. This is episode 15 of Your Fest with Lucy Porter. Let's go! <laughs> Lucy Porter, welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest planning committee. How are you doing today? Very good. I'm very happy to have a committee behind me because admin is not my strong suit. So uh, I'm glad you fellas are here to, I mean, how, how deep do we delve into logistics? Because I'm not sure catering wise or, you know, buying that matting that you have to put down, car parking, all of these things I presume we're going to cover and I'm not sure that I'm equipped. Yeah, we Johnny's, John, Johnny's got that sorted. You, you, yeah. do, you do all those aspects of it, don't you? I've just bought loads of saw dust to throw all over the floor. I think that's what you get at festivals. Loads of cardboard boxes. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've obviously, I presume we're going to talk toilets first of all, because that will be my number one <laughs> priority, is what level of portaloo are we going to go for from, you know, eco uh, thing with sawdust in it that you know is basically no one's idea of a decent toilet up to luxury the ones you get at posh weddings kind of uh, portally i'm amazed i'm amazed like it, like as this progresses it's it I, I feel like it's getting within the it used to be maybe 10 15 minutes in and no, no, and then straight five to me. seven minutes in now it's just first couple of minutes <laughs> toilets yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
I would think if the older the guest, the more important that's going to be. Well. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit older than some of the people you might have interviewed. But anyway, we can come to that later. I'm, I'm prepared to let that sort of lie for now. Uh, before we get onto your fantasy festival and before we get onto your fantasy toilets, which um, apparently is going to come up quite soon, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about actual real festivals. Obviously, there's been none this year, but are you a fan of music festivals and festivals as a whole? Um, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, and I'm very grateful that you've asked me on to talk about this, but it has made me so sad, so unbelievably uh, wistful and regretful, um, because I used to love festivals more than anything else on earth when I was sort of from 19, uh, well no, 18, I think I was 18 when I went to my first one, maybe even 17. Um, and then at the age of probably about 30, uh, I tipped over from a festival is the best possible thing that could happen to me to the point I'm at now where a festival is the worst possible way I can imagine spending <laughs> my time. I hate everything about it. And, uh, and it, yeah, it made me really sad that I thought, because the last few times I've been asked to perform at festivals, I've turned it down. And thinking about if you had said to my 19-year-old self, oh, one day they're going to say, do you want to do Reading and Leeds in one day? You can do Reading and Leeds in one day and then you can stay at Leeds for the evening. And they'll, you know, they'll pay for you to get there. You won't have to pay a penny. They'll even feed you. You know, you'll have backstage access. Um, and the idea at 19 that, that I would one day say, oh, do you know what? Actually, no. No, I can't be asked really. No, you know, <laughs> unbelievable that even though there are still bands that I would like to see play, I think I've just the whole idea of festival has, has kind of deserted me. But I'm hoping that you may revive my love. Well, the more the more episodes we do this, it, that's kind of the, the way that I've been going as well because I'm a well, I, I turned 30 this year and I same as you, like, well, since I was what 16, I've been going to festivals. Um, and then when I was, what, 25, 26, started going, like, I, I still go to the old Glastonbury, but I started going to festivals abroad where you kind of, where you stay in a hostel or something like that, rather mm -hmm. than having to camp. And then I, I, I realised, I think part of the reason for that is just because I just cannot fucking stand camping. Like, the yeah. thought of it just makes me feel <laughs> sick. The thought of like not showering for a week just ugh, yes. like it fills me with so much dread, and I think it's I don't know if it's something psychologically about turning thirty that just does that to you. Where you're just like, no, yeah, not for me anymore. No, definitely. I hate to break it to you, but it is definitely all downhill from here. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I have done in the last few years. I have done the occasional festival, but it's tended to be glamping. Or in fact, the best one I did was I went to. Um, now, this is going back a few years, but it was after I was 30. In my early 30s, I went to an end-of-the-road festival at um, Canvey Island or Camber Sands, which is the one that's next to Dungeness, anyway, whichever. But it was held in a Pontins, and I didn't stay in the Pontins. I stayed in a really nice B&B &B just down the road. And it was like that staying off-site, because everyone I know who works on festivals all stay off site. I mean, there's nobody who works on a festival at any higher level who stays on site. You'd be mad to do so. So like at this point, and I think we're probably preempting what I'm going to say later, but I would say um, 
you know, a little Holiday Inn Express or a, uh, a premiere inn that is close to the festival but not at the festival is my ideal. I think it sounds a bit like, you know, when people say, once you see how a sausage is made, you'll never eat one again. It must be like when you work, when you work at a festival, you'll never want to actually go to a festival again. I think I reached the point when I was, I went to one festival when I was 17 and then swore off them ever since I was old before my time, very much. Oh my God. So you're doing a podcast about festivals, but you're not actually a fan of festivals. No. So Tommy, Tommy was the <laughs> fan of festivals. I was very anti-festival. And we started uh, this podcast because I thought the way to make me go to a festival was if I could design my own bespoke festival. I in, see. In a field in Salford behind me. Nice. Um, and I got to pick all the bands. Um, but then some of the festivals we've had where people have designed them, I was like, I could probably go to that but I think a lot of them are you wouldn't stay there if I could go there and come back in one day I'd be absolutely fine <laughs> see I used to go to quite a lot of illegal raves in Salford or squat parties um back in the 90s but I don't I mean Salford is a very different place now to, <laughs> uh, to how it was back then but uh, yeah I mean I think proximity to home is absolutely key unless you are going to go abroad somewhere exotic but the the fact that yeah because I always used to go to Reading and I mean yeah. there's nothing like Reading was not quite close enough to be able to get back home for a decent night's sleep so the, but the fact that you're sort of camping somewhere that's like oh it's 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 on the M4 corridor it's one of the dullest I mean and I say this with love <laughs> because the people of Reading know that I adore them I go there every time I'm on tour but I mean it is a dull place it's kind of it's one of those satellite towns and yeah the idea that you're just going to Reading I mean there's a reason <laughs> there's a reason that the office was set in in Slough and around Reading mm. and around that part of Berkshire isn't there it's just very mundane and that is speaking of someone that was born in Ascot and lived in Bracknell that's my area and so it's uh, it is just a very sleepy place but they hold a, uh, hold a big festival there so I guess can I just say to all our Reading and uh, Bracknell listeners that I distance myself from these <laughs> from this absolute you shaming coward you can all right go on then <laughs> tell me what's so great about the Reading and Berkshire area Tommy let's hear it Let's hear what you've oh, got to say. I've heard great. You know what? I've <laughs> I've I've been to Reading Festival, um, but I've heard great things. I've heard great things about uh, Dickert Yately. My world does not end with these four walls. Slough's a big place, you know. And when I finish with Slough, there's Reading, Aldershot, Bracknell. You know, I've got a Didcot, Yately. You know, my Winners, Taplow. <laughs> You know, because I am my own my own boss, I can Burfield. You know, Winnish. Winnish. Oh well, now yeah. you've mentioned Winnish. <laughs> Sly. No, well, no, great things. Uh, love, I mean, love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Digcock Cornerstone Art Centre is a wonderful place, and I'm sure they would host a marvelous festival. Exactly. Yeah, I've always said that. <laughs> did, you, did you go to Reading Festival quite frequently? Yeah, so that's my, year. if we're going to talk about my festival experience, it began at Reading, it was the 90s, so I think the first one I went to was 1990, because it started in 89, and we, like, I had friends who'd been to the first one and said it's amazing, um, and so 1990, me and about five of my friends went to the Reading Festival, 
and it was uh, so the Pixies were on who were and possibly remain my favourite band and also as a live experience to see the Pixies was just phenomenal Kim Deal was and again remains my absolute all-time musical hero and she was everything I wanted to be and the Pixies were the most exciting band in the world so uh, and that was on the Sunday night and we I had told my mum and dad that I would probably not stay till the Sunday I was like I'll probably come back and um, they were furious because they were like we were expecting you back Sunday night and I'd stayed to see the Pixies but um, it was worth it it was amazing and so it was a time in my life so Reading in the late 90s well not late 90s what what year did I say 1990 was the first one yeah so the the first one was 1990 and uh, and then I went more or less every year, I think, in the 90s, because it was the time where uh, I was all about indie, shoegazing. Um, I'd started off being a kind of Ned's Atomic dustbin and the wonder stuff and the more kind of poppy, fun, West Midlands, Stourbridge kind of end of, uh, of, of indie. And then I very quickly discovered my more mournful depressing side and so I was much <laughs> more into the sort of shoegazy stuff or kind of um yeah I mean things like Spaceman 3 and then Spiritualized and kind of oh, I love Spiritualized My Bloody Valentine I loved and now my bloody Valentine were um, yeah. really important to me. My best friend um, at uni, Joe, she and I met at a my bloody Valentine gig at the Town and Country Club in I don't know what year, but we went to university in ninety one, so it must have been nineteen eighty nine ninety that we'd been at this. We'd both been at this gig, and then um, I at this my bloody valentine gig had been sick because i had had too much snake bite and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that will give you some reflection of what the era was and um, and i'd been sick and there was a woman in the toilets a girl another girl in the toilets who held my hair back for me while i was being sick and was really nice to me and i never got her name but i met her in my freshers week at manchester university i got chatting to this girl and we were like oh yeah what bands do you like oh yeah I really like mobley valentine oh my god i went to see them at the town and country club blah 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 anyway and it turns out she had been the girl who had held my hair back when i was being sick at that gig and we'd met <laughs> at freshers week and then we became firm friends forever oh 
Are you still friends now? Yeah. Oh yeah, God, yeah. No, we see each other all the time. So you know, there's once someone's held your hair back while you're being sick, it's like the girl version of a blood pact. You know, there's. Uh, <laughs> I owe her a life now. If if she asked me to kill a man, I would have to do it for her. Sorry, would you have been at Reading Festival when Nirvana did the the famous headline set? Kirk then came on in his wheelchair. Um. Well, do you know I've got a really terrible confession to make, which Uh-oh. is that uh well you know this is being young isn't it um i didn't i didn't reckon nirvana were all that i was like i probably won't bother i probably won't bother to see them I'll, i preferred hole actually because i went to see hole on a number of occasions and i thought courtney love was fantastic oh make me over And much and and chatted to her in the toilets of the um I think it was the Concord in Brighton, uh and yeah no I thought Hole were where it was at really so uh so I don't have any memory of watching Nirvana, um I probably would have wandered off to get something to eat at that point. If we're talking about festival, that is very different to going to see a paying to see a band buying a ticket to see a band you know at a festival you do drift around and you do what your mates are doing or you know I mean I went I will be honest with you and I can say this now because I'm 47 and happily married but I went to see so many bands that I thought were absolutely rubbish because someone I fancied (laughs) liked them in fact I remember yeah Nine Inch Nails who I absolutely (laughs) couldn't see any point to Nine Inch Nails whatsoever <laughs> but I dutifully stood there and I was like oh, great and amazing um I, I, you know the water boys I, did, I, I and that now I really I, I go oh yeah the water boys were great but at the time I thought it was sort of old man music and you know and this boy <laughs> I really liked was really into the water boys well, you- So we saw, I can't remember which festival it would have been, but I remember being, I think it was like a London-y, it was some sort of, uh, you know, a Hyde Park or something like that. And uh, yeah, and I remember going and just thinking, God, I'd better get off with them at the end of this because I really (laughs) really not enjoying the musical aspect of it. (laughs) I'm 30 and I still do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What were you saying? Well, think about when think about when you went to festivals in the um, in the olden days before mobile phones. So I am going way back to the early days of of me being at festivals. Um, you could go and see anything you wanted because you could just pretend that you'd got lost. 
and so all your friends would say oh my god Jane's Addiction were playing where were you and again Jane's Addiction didn't didn't get that at all uh, so I would be like oh yeah no it was really bad I sort of wandered off and I accidentally got caught watching Voice of the Beehive right who I loved but who were you know my cool sort of slightly more rocky friends would have been like oh my god why are you watching that sort of pop act uh, so you could do that you could just make a choice and pretend it wasn't a choice I think when I went to when I went to Leeds um I did follow the people around that I was with and ended up watching loads of, like I would have happily stood at the main stage and watched Goldie looking chain and who else was, would have been there? Like oh, loads of awful poppy looking chain. That's and I had to go and see memory. like uh, British sea power. They were all right, but they're like, they wouldn't have been my choice of and mohair and the cribs. I know Tommy loves the cribs, but I think I was cajoled into watching the cribs because the people I was with wanted to go and see the cribs. <laughs> Also, I like, uh, yeah, what's it be for British Sea Power, Johnny? I, I think they were I, actually I quite like the guy, the drummer mm. got, got up from his drum kit, attached one of those, you know, the little drummer boy drums and then just walked through the middle of the crowd just like playing his little drum through the so that was pretty cool um but i would have much rather have been in the i can't remember the oh, i used to like them i used to like stage. them before you told me that <laughs> <laughs> that is lame <laughs> drum wankers <laughs> i also saw the ordinary boys and they were absolutely awful um Aww. no wonder preston got up and left the never mind the buzzcock set <laughs> Uh, the photo shoot was for the Daily Mail, which made me feel really posh in upmarket. Are you going to see it later? I can't what? Sorry. Oh, no, Preston, no, come no, on. I'm seriously going on. Preston, yeah. we're having fun. All right. Come on, Preston. Oh, no, we can't lose Preston. <laughs> I guess he thought he's been voted out. No. <laughs> I mean, I only read his girlfriend's book. That's his wife. I only read his wife's book. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to quickly ask you I think we asked the same question to Ivo uh, Graham um, with your kids now would you ever take them to a festival like you see the the cool mums and dads with their kids at festivals or are they just trying to relive their youth and being dragging their kids along with them I did it I did uh, <laughs> the festival uh, early doors and I thought because I as I say I've always thought maybe one day I will recover my love of going to festivals and I thought well maybe having children will be the thing that reignites the spark because you know in some ways camping with children is quite a good idea because holidays with children are so uniformly miserable anyway that you may as well be doing something that you know is going to make you miserable. Like, you know, if you go on holiday with the children <laughs> to a really fancy hotel, they ruin it. So uh, it's like, well, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go basic, let's go rustic. And so I did take them to admittedly quite a fancy festival. It was called the Curious Arts Festival. And it's down in Hampshire and it's quite lardy dark because it's essentially it's a literary festival that they've bolted a music and comedy festival onto. Um, so it's very small scale and it's really nice and very friendly and very sort of it feels very safe. And I think small is good with kids. Right. Um, but uh, it was it was really very difficult because the thing is they 
when you have very small children, they kind of don't, they, they want to sleep at weird times, which always coincides with bands that you want to see. No, I mean, I, I, I kind of, think, I would try it again, actually, now that they're a bit older and I think they would quite like it. But um, we have very different taste in music. You know, they... <laughs> Do they have a shit, shit taste? Weirdly, uh, because I don't, I didn't want to be one of those kind of cool parents who's like, "Hey guys, yeah, listen to uh, Pink Floyd." Actually, you know, you'll really love them because kids don't. Kids like gummy bears and Ariana Grande, and you know that's what they want to listen to. And I think that's, you know, I had an older sister who shaped my taste in music, so I think that's why I became an indie kid and uh, got into what I was into. But I sort of. I, you know, I sort of think actually it's much better to just let people develop their own tastes. Should we move on to Lucy's festival now, uh, where money is no uh, barrier to whoever you want to bring them, wherever you want to hold your festival? You can have as many marshmallows as you want, Lucy. Woo! It's going to be called Marshmallow Fest. <laughs> um, do we have a name and a location for your festival? Well, I don't see. I was sort of thinking this would be much more of a workshop planning committee. So, I mean, I haven't come with any fully formed ideas, but I suppose. I mean, sticking with the tragic theme of it being festivals being something that feels a little bit lost to me now, maybe it should be a fully uh, sort of VR or AR um, festival for old people. We could call it <laughs> Pastable. And uh, it's where you get to relive the festivals of your youth. So you will be the age that you were at your favourite festival. So nice. you know, in your little virtual reality suit, you'll be able to look into a monitor and you will look like you did when you were, you know, say for me, it might be going back to those Reading festivals where I was like 19, 20. So I'd be wearing stripy tights and uh, <laughs> a big long kind of mohair jumper and uh, sort of some kind of weirdly dyed hair and a, a Rimmel uh, berry shade lipstick. Yeah. And a lot of eyeliner and uh, so you get to go back and you're you know whatever your heyday as you perceive it was you, you will be that person again and you will see the bands that you know you would have liked to have seen and so I will see that Nirvana performance Lovely. that I probably was in the loose trying to you know adjust my <laughs> lipstick or trying to get off with someone in front of Jane's addiction uh, so <laughs> Yeah, anything that you feel you missed, it's like catching up on the stuff you missed or reliving the things that you particularly loved. I would love to, um, Martin Stevenson and the Dainties would be on there for me because that, uh, I, I remember how much I loved them. Uh, so yeah, they would definitely be there. The Pixies would be there for me. Um, and uh, the beauty of it is, of course, because it would entirely be virtual reality. So you could do it, I mean, as an old person, the temptation of just doing it in your own home is enormous because you have the toilet facilities of your, <laughs> of your choice, you know, the flush is the way you'd like it to be. Or um, you could sort of be around other people, but you could do it anyway. You could do it. In fact, I'll tell you where I'd do it. I would do it in the now uh, rundown and neglected uh, Whitgift Shopping Centre in Croydon. <laughs> Okay. Which was where I spent many of my formative years. Either yeah. that or the Elephant and Castle shopping centre just closed as well. And I used to go there a lot. So, or Streatham Bolarama. 
or the ice rink in anyway somewhere in south london like a sort of a, a slightly faded disused place in south london dilapidated place in south london yeah so that's where it would be and Great. it would be yeah you'd have sort of little virtual reality areas and maybe you could group it by era so those of us who would be 90s kids could go there or you could have some you know you could go further back you could have people who for whom the 60s you know isle of Wight festival uh oh yeah types and then you know right up to people who are just because of covid missing out you know the kids of today if we could release them from their prisons in the university halls of residence that they're currently oh, in, god bless um, them. i know god love them and they are missing out and i do really feel for them because i think god if i was 19 and i yeah really I, you know wanted to go to festivals i would be heartbroken i've been thinking about it a, a lot recently i i, I, I don't know why I, I i just feel it must be absolutely bloody awful like having to I think I just saw on the news the other day some like some freshers in holes and they had some <laughs> they had some like stickers up on their <laughs> on their windows as you do like some some protesting was like I don't know some fuck Boris or something yeah, but they're yeah, all yeah. they're all just there like by the window like with their masks on having to bloody quarantine like their first week they've got that but <laughs> but fair play like the best thing about it is that I saw like. <laughs> Do you remember in halls and that they've got like a like a stack of about 20, 20 uh, bottles of empty bottles of Smirnoff or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, kids. Oh God, yes. <laughs> the collection. At least, well, you're, at least you're having a good time. It must as good be. as you can, but it must be shit. Yeah, I mean, presumably they're just all getting off with each other constantly and really. Last, day, last with... days of Rome in that. <laughs> it will, it will, it will. If if the last days of Rome had pot noodles. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I like both approaches to live performance. I like the people who just power through. But if you have good intersong chat, um, like the Wedding Present were another band of that era that I used to absolutely love, and David Gedge was hilarious. Mm. And always a joy to listen to and i always felt he could have uh you know he could have been a stand-up teenage fan club they oh, really yes lovely. i definitely oh, would wow. be on 100 percent I saw them two years ago, I think. One of my favourite bands ever. Yeah. I mean, I haven't actually seen them recently, but I saw them a lot um, around kind of bandwagon-esque kind of era. And they were one of the... In fact, my university, university was... Um, was amazing. So do, do we have three headlining bands for uh, for Pastival or is it the, the whole AR experience where we can drop back into any festival yeah i think also you can pace yourself so if you're having too much of a good time you can go away and have a nap and then just rejoin so uh it, i mean i suppose we do need to give it a time frame don't we yeah 
And I yeah, was like, I like Ivo Oh, definitely. I mean, I the Comedians Weekend, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Nice. Because, uh, yeah, I even now, and because of COVID, obviously no live comedy is happening. I am barely leaving the house. But still, even within my own home, um, I never really feel like having a drink or sort of in any way letting my hair down on a Friday or Saturday night because I think 20 odd years of being a comedian and working at the weekends when everyone else is at leisure um it's really conditioned me now that if it sometimes on a Monday or Tuesday I think oh do you know what? I'd quite like to I'd quite like to go to the pub I might see if anyone's around or oh, I might yeah I might crack open a bottle of wine because I'm that's when I can relax is a Monday and Tuesday because generally that's when gigs don't happen so uh purely selfishly uh, I would make it early in the week. Also, because yeah. uh, I do have the small children, and I am aiming this at people who are older, who may have children or indeed grandchildren. And um, if you uh, if you do have like too much to drink, or people might even take drugs, you know, this could be the time for people my age to go. Do you know what drugs were good, weren't they? Let's try some of those. <laughs> Um, and if people do want to indulge in any kind of substance or just stay up late, then it's much easier to do that when your children are going to school the next day. Yeah. Is it the weekend when your children are around? So this is, again, I think maybe um, being a comedian has led me to uh, only indulging Monday and Tuesday, but also being a parent. The last thing you want to do as a parent is go out and get hammered on a Friday or Saturday night because then you have to deal with your children the next day. Ugh. Whereas if you can get up, take them to school, and then crawl back to bed for the <laughs> uh, the morning, then that is much more pleasant. So that's why, for the for the sake of me and other parents, carers, or anyone who uh, has responsibilities, I back that. I I work in. A, I'm a freelancer. I mainly work in 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 sport, which is also the weekends so yeah I, mm. I i feel the pain like i have another mate who works weekends and we always we always go uh monday or tuesday we'll always just have like a an afternoon in the pub like well we'll just sit and watch the cricket and just kind of yeah when all our mates have pretty much been working monday to friday so yeah, I get it's that. It's a great privilege as well. That sort of I love having it. to go out, you know, at the weekend when everyone else does, and not having to get up on a Monday morning. And I would never take that for granted because I remember how that Sunday night feeling and the waking up, having to go to the office on Monday, and often you will have had an amazing weekend. Like I used to do. Um, I was living in uh, Manchester, working in London. And I used to have like amazing weekends in Manchester and then have to get a 6.55 in the morning train down to London to go to work. And I remember that it being the most miserable, I mean, not only because I was clearly, I'd not really slept all weekend <laughs> and I was clearly still drunk. Um, but yeah, and that sort of sinking feeling of, oh God, here we're all going to work and we're all doing this thing. And I think when I decided I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to try and somehow have a job that lets me not have to get up on a Monday morning. It was the best feeling in the world. I, well, yeah, I try. That's that's one of my rules. With, uh, I mean, I say that I worked yesterday, but um, generally, I try. I try to give myself Monday to just just lie in bed all day and just Aww. yeah, watch yeah, just watch Netflix and just 
relax. Yeah, but I, I hate, yeah, like you, that's, that whole Sunday night thing. I think it just regresses back to school, doesn't it? The, mm. the Sunday night feeling and having to go to school the next day. So yeah, I hate that. I, I couldn't, I can't do the, the uh, Monday to Friday thing. It's too, um, yeah, but I, I just get tired by like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I feel we should apologise to all of the listeners who are going, <laughs> yeah, yes, we yeah. all hate it, mate. It's, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, there are there are many downsides as well to having weird irregular hours and, you know, you sort of, your oh, social yeah. life suffers and you, you know, I think I've lost friendships really because I'm never, I've never been around for people's birthdays and all that sort of thing. But you don't have to get up on a Monday morning. Right, so we start with the uh, the Monday night, yeah, well, Monday day, night, um, the Monday headliner, your main headliner. Mm, okay, so I'm going to go for, I'll tell you what, let's introduce a name we haven't introduced, Strawberry Switchblade. who were a Scottish duo of the kind of late 80s, early 90s. And I think I saw them on the television show, The Tube, first of all. And they had the look that I wanted. And they did a cover version of Jolene. And then they did a song called Since Yesterday, which was uh, their sort of big breakthrough hit. And they never really did as much as I felt they should have done. So uh, I'm going to put them as my uh, for my opening night headliners because it's fun. And uh, I might have a bit of a Scottish theme, actually, because a lot of my favourite bands are Scottish. So I would have Aztec Camera. Mm. Um, I think Roddy Frame is one of the best songwriters of all time. And I'd have uh, The Proclaimers, The Bluebells, Strawberry Switchblade. Um, Teenage Fan Club. Teenage Fan Club, Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah. We'll do Scottish Night. <laughs> Scottish Night on the Monday. Ben and Sebastian, or are they too... Uh... I never really got into Ben and Sebastian, to be honest. I I think they were sort of a little bit after my time and a little bit dour. I thought you were going to say a little bit too twee because they are very. I really liked Bell and Sebastian, but they are they are very coming of age film soundtrack. Yeah, twee. I don't mind twee actually. Yeah, go and pop pop them on, pop them on because I'd like you to be happy, John. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's all I ask for in life. Bell and Sebastian. Well, you mentioned the tube. Was that a big introduction to a lot of bands and a lot of music? Oh, massively, massively. I mean, I used to absolutely live for music shows on tv and had them all on vhs cassette so i used to take <laughs> the tube and the whistle test and um i mean top of the pops to a lesser extent as i got older and cooler obviously but uh, and the chart show which was uh extraordinary just back-to-back videos but they used to put the indie chart on it and it was the only time you could ever see indie music on tv was the uh, the chart show on a saturday morning i think um but yeah so no the tube was was i mean the smiths i remember seeing the smiths on the tube and that being a 
a huge wow you know thinking god morrissey is the coolest human being ever to have lived he'll never let me down Oh God, I feel your pain. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, definitely. The chart show I remember it was was on a Saturday. Um, because I always remember I have a really vivid memory of being at my nan and granddad's house and seeing the video for um, "On a Rope" by oh God, their name's gone out of my head now. Mm, I can't help you out with that. Uh, Rocket from the Crypt. Oh yes. Uh, Yeah, on a rope. I remember the video for that playing. Like, re- like eating eating chips from the chippy at lunchtime at my nana and granddad's house, and then the masked magician being on straight afterwards. And I was obs- <laughs> I was obsessed with the masked magician as a yes. kid. This pool party will be the setting for a trick of biblical proportions. The magician has something in mind to impress the ladies, so he's surprising the partygoers with an illusion that certain street magicians have used to deceive. Um, of course, you yeah. explains so much. <laughs> That's right, like you say, like like music TV is a bit like the. I remember, don't know if you remember, on Channel Four each Friday night, I think they used to do a top ten. And this is like the late nineties, early two thousands, and it'd be like top ten, like um, new romantics, and it'd be like the top ten selling new romantic bands, and it'd be like an hour, an hour and a half. I remember the top ten stadium rock bands was on once, and Kiss were at number ten. first time I ever saw Kiss on TV and I fell in love with them straight away because yes. they look so unlike anything I'd ever seen before like as an 11 year old I absolutely love, still love Kiss now yeah as we've established on this podcast many times but I just remember seeing them and like I say music is when you see a band as well and you see either the live performance or what they look like it can really make or break them in your head and for Kiss I yeah. definitely fell in love with Gene Simmons's ridiculous makeup <laughs> well my <clears throat> my my most favourite memory of the tube is uh, I don't know if I remember it from childhood. Probably not. It's probably just too young, but or just from YouTube and growing up and stuff. But was Oasis. I think their first their first ever TV performance was was on the tube. Before they released anything, again, and again, it mixed up with the word. 
Yes, <laughs> I am. Sorry, fucking. I'm getting it mixed up with the word with Terry Christian, aren't I? Yeah. Oh well, no, yeah. that. But you've, you've. I mean, yeah, the word definitely. God was such an important <laughs> program, and I remember seeing my standout performance on the word was um, L Seven. Yeah. Do you when remember she pulled L7? A, when she pulled a, was it she pulled her trousers down? Or? She. There was some incident, but I thought they were amazing. I, I mean, because that was uh, that would have been about yeah ninety, probably about ninety four, ninety five. Maybe so would have probably been know. pretend, but we're dead that they were performing because that was yeah, their big song. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a huge one. Because Nirvana did a big thing on the word, didn't they? Was it they? Yeah. Did a big performance. Was it where he refused? Or pre- oh, it was only. Pre- oh no, he sang it in a weird voice. That was it. He sang yes. it all really mon- monotonously. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, he, <clears throat> as much as I love. Um, Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. He was probably a bit of a bit of a pretentious wanker in a lot of those things, wasn't he? Like, like <laughs> when he was so contrary on all these like shows. It's like, all right, mate, we get it. You're cool. You're better than everyone. Well, when but, they were told yeah. to told to mime on top of the pops, and he like held like didn't strum any strings. He just like held his hand too far away from the guitar to be actually playing it and stuff. Well, I, I you know what, saying that like, I really. I, Going back to Oasis, a great thing they they did on top of the pops. I don't know if you've seen it, but they Noel and Liam uh, switch places because they <laughs> so Liam who couldn't play a note on guitar, like he was just like pretending to be Noel, and Noel was pretending to be Liam. <laughs> like the producers didn't even notice; they just they were like they're obviously just pissed and whatever. Uh, yeah, I see. I, mean, I, I mean, again, oh. in hindsight, I um. I flip-flopped. So when the Britpop Wars started, I was living in Manchester. And of course, I was like, well, then I must support Oasis in these these bitter Britpop Wars. And then I started to go, oh, actually, do you know what? No, uh, Blur are clearly musically superior. And, you know, Oasis are idiots. So I'm going to be on Blur's side. And then I kind of flip-flopped back and went, no, but Oasis are funny. And funny, it's you know more important. So yeah, I've I've been through you know every. I, I don't now. I think I just love them both. Is that so, allowed? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, we're in two thousand twenty. Yeah, yeah. Going, no, going I'd have them both. Maybe I should have them both headlining on the uh, <laughs> Tuesday night, the second night of my festival. It will be Blur and Oasis uh, together. Oh. Doing wow. a kind of mashup uh, or just jamming, just doing whatever they want to do. So that's Fight, shit, so. fighting, probably. That yeah. Makes, <laughs> it get, it get the... But then, to be honest, in the uh, in the Whitgift Centre in Croydon, <laughs> fighting is very much what we used to do. So I think that's fine. It's in keeping with the environment. Is that yeah. what you did? Were you, were you a little scrapper? Well, I wasn't, but we were, because we were the gothy lot, it was, you know, casuals versus goths. And I was, I mean, I was peripheral goth. I was indie. I was too cheerful to be a proper goth. But, uh, but yeah, it was, we used to get beaten up. And I mean, it was yeah. Yeah, horrific. In hindsight, you go, my God, it was constant terror. But if yeah. you went into Croydon, then, you know, in fact, yeah, one of my friends did, get properly like beaten up quite badly one of my my friend adrian but um yeah so it was it was you were always on your toes you were always yeah i i got it i remember i used to wear when i was 15 16 and i was so that was like 2005 2006 and i was proper into it was like the libertines and the strokes back then and uh it was before kind of skinny jeans were normalized for 
lads. So I used mm. to get like the girls' jeans from Topshop and I'd wear them and like my, my winkle pickers in a trilby yeah. hat. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh. so I, used, I used to get, I know it's kind of cringe looking back, but I used to get shit from the, uh, uh, God, I hate this word, but it's what, you know, what we called them at the time, the chavs. And I was the, I was part of like the indie kid and like the mosher crew and stuff. And uh, so we used to get shit all the time from, from, from them, like just shouting abuse. And it just kind of, after a while, it just went over your head. But I remember one time, one particular, uh, one particular guy said, uh, <laughs> hey, Oliver Twist. Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. I'm talking to you. So strong. It's clear we're going to get along. <laughs> 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 and I was like, I turned around, like I like, I I wanted to like doff my cap. I was like, yeah. that's 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 uh, that's wittier than the usual stuff, rather than just like you fucking you fucking pussy, <laughs> like yeah, you fucking yeah, yeah. girl. Uh, get out of your sister's jeans, mate. But it's like, hey, I'll have a twist. And I was like, oh, consider yourself my friend. <laughs> Chapeau, mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> if Tommy did actually like tip his hat, he would have got beaten up. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, God, <laughs> was... no, no. Yeah. In my, in, in the, in the, yeah, in the memory, I, uh, <laughs> and then we kind of like exchanged a, a wink and a nod, and yes, and then yes. we, uh, and we became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> he held your when hair they... back when you were. He held your trilby back when you were being sick. <laughs> when they rate the movie of Tommy's life, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, funnily enough, I just I saw Nish Kumar tweet yesterday. You know, he did the Q and A thing, and someone said, "What's the worst type of hat?" And he said, "Trilby." Mm. He's probably right. It's up there with the fedora, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on the Blur and Oasis thing, I think I was firmly a Blur fan. I never really got Oasis. I think the more I listened to them, I always did the thing. All their songs sound the same. Blur have branched out and tried different things. Mm. Um, no, and my brother was my brother. I remember he had a horrible um, like backpack, like camping backpack that he used to take to school, and he wrote "roll with it" all over the back of it, and like, <laughs> drew the Oasis symbol. And Aww. I was like, as I he was, he was like eight years older than me. I was like, that's really. And then when I got to that age, I was like writing like oh, Blink One Eight Two all over the back of my back. Yeah. Like, at least Oasis had that sort of credibility that Blink One Eight Two never really quite got. From, <laughs> Thing. But I remember buying I, the Lewis Greatest Hits as well with the great cover. album cover. Yeah, really for a Greatest Hits album, an iconic album cover. Well, I've I've seen Blur. I always say that one of my best gigs, if not my best gig ever, was Blur at Hyde Park in two thousand nine. Uh, mm-hmm. They're like comeback year. But I've seen Oasis. Oasis is almost like a football team for like me and my family. It's just like like if they're on torch it's like yeah who's getting the tickets like we're just gonna see so i've seen oasis four or five times and you know i i I think i love them both equally but i think it's like yeah in my heart it's probably oasis and you you know what they as much as blur experimented more and did you know they did that kind of uh lo-fi almost american sounding stuff and then obviously they have the really british like brit pop stuff but i do i do think that oasis oasis best songs are probably better than 
Blur's best songs. If if you see, like, mm-hmm. Live Forever, Champagne Supernova, like, it's just incredible songwriting. Whether whether people say it's just like Noel's just copying the Beatles or what, they're still just unbelievable songs. Yeah, I'll give you that. I will say for Blur at a festival as well. Blur at, um, I was watching their Glastonbury set for I think it was 2009. And when it was. Did, when they did Park Live. Damon Albarn didn't sing a single word of it. They got um, <laughs> they got the whole the crowd sang all the all the uh, the chorus for him. And he just he just runs from side to side. It's really worth watching. He just runs uh, yeah, all yeah. around the all around the stage. So I hope uh, the Whitgift Shopping Centre is uh, is ready for just a Damon Albarn going wild in the aisles of the. Uh, <laughs> But when he does, oh, that's so beautiful though, that's that as well. And they do the universal and he, he like, Damon cries his eyes out. Well, here's your lucky Do, and they do tender, tender as well. Like, oh god, you see that. now. <laughs> was, you see, Tommy got me going. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's give it to Oasis. But now, <laughs> swing back to when I first met my husband. He was, um, we're not met. I've known him for years, but when we first got together romantically, he um, was supporting the Good, the Bad, and the Queen. On wow. Yeah, where they had this thing where they had a sort of Victorian. Uh, circus kind of themed support and so he was my husband was like the ringmaster and then they had support acts but they also had like speciality acts and it was amazing and I um I've never been starstruck or tongue-tied with any like I've met Elvis Costello who was my first in fact he should probably put him put him down put him down right. Johnny because he's Sitting gonna down. be he's gonna be somewhere on the lineup Um, but yeah, and he was the absolute love of my life from the age of about nine or 10. I sort of got into him really early and have always loved him. And I met him and, uh, was, you know, absolutely delighted to meet him, but was not sort of starstruck and chatted to him. And it was great, but actually Damon Albarn was a real moment of me just going, I I don't know what I can, I can't think what to say. (laughs) Luckily, he was terribly drunk, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> was he right? Was he sound? 
Yeah, no, I mean, with the very fleeting uh, introduction <laughs> that I had, yeah, no, he was fine, but he was, yeah, they, I think that tour bus was uh, well stocked. Yes, yeah. So, uh, they were they were good, though. They were really good, the good to ban the Queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was a really good night in, where did I go and see them? Bristol, I think, I went to see them. So we're having, so uh, on Tuesday, I've got down Blurring Oasis co- <laughs> co-headline. Co-headline. I mean, yeah. you know, if there's going to be a fight anyway, <laughs> then let's not make it about who gets the headline. <laughs> and uh, well, Elvis Costello, should we get him in that day as well? I mean, it seems like this is a fairly big day. This is going to be a popular lineup. But yeah, yeah, let's go for Elvis Costello that day as well. And the, the thing is, the middle day. I, I, I find the middle day is, is usually the. I, I don't know about you, Lucy, but in terms of when you've been to festivals, like, what well, it's usually like the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think, isn't mm. it, Red and Leeds? Saturday's usually the biggest one. I feel like it's the most sort of party day. Mm. And then Sunday, you want something, well, anyway, or in our case, it's going to be Wednesday. Wednesday. We're going to want something to send us home with a smile on our faces and a song in our hearts and a feeling of joy. And I'm just going to have to try and think who that's going to be. And we're going to do headliners first and then fill in the undercard, as it were. Um <laughs> You're yeah. welcome to fill in the undercard first while you make your mind up on mm, final. Okay, yeah. So, well, let's go for. Um, so, we've got Blur, Oasis, and Elvis Costello. I mean, you're not going to need much in that lineup, really. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's put um, Prefab Sprout in there. Is this on the Tuesday or, or the Wednesday? This is on the Tuesday. This is okay. we're still. We're going. This yeah. is our big night. This is our Saturday night, effectively. Yeah. Tuesday is the new Saturday. Yeah, um, that means we get a bit of the king of rock and roll, which is one of the songs that just permanently gets stuck in. I think everybody's head and a yeah. real earworm at some point. And for a long time, nobody knows what the, you know, Albuquerque line actually was. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I did because I knew every single word. <laughs> I but yeah, I think sort of Steve McQueen era. In fact, that sort of time, I would say, let's put Scritty Politti in as well. Because I think... Oh, God, do, do you know what? I'm now going a little bit back into the 80s. That's okay. Is allowed? I'm getting a little bit of... There was Do a whatever called, the bloody hell you want. There was a band <laughs> called Working Week who I absolutely loved. And again, people don't sort of remember them so much anymore, but they were... Oh, God, we'll put the Star Council in as well. Yeah. So we're going to have a little bit of a little bit of politics, a little bit of eighties uh, politics. So I'm going to have the Style Council, Working Week, um, right. Billy Bragg, yeah, uh, the Redskins, 
basically yeah. a lot of people who are on the red wedge tour let's put that in on the um on the saturday or the tuesday 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 um because yeah there was uh working week were brilliant if you've never heard any working week they were sort of they did kind of jazzy world musicy sort of stuff um with a political edge and they were very good i love them also there was a um a band called sweet honey in the rock who were an american gospel band that i liked very much at that era and they were sort of a female kind of acapella band yeah. uh, and la mystère du voix bulgare um, Good luck writing that one down, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> you already see his face. <laughs> You've had enough. We're cutting it off. There. Okay, yeah. That was my little world music stage. So, no, you, uh, can have them. you can have who you want. Dave okay. There we go. So that okay. will do. That's plenty, isn't it? For the. I feel, I feel like uh, <laughs> on Friends, you know, when Joey's like, <laughs> trying to speak French, he's like, ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. Pretty simple. Your first line is, my name is Claude. So just repeat after me. Je m'appelle Claude. Je découpe plow. <laughs> let's, just, let's try it again. Okay. Je m'appelle Claude. Je déplie blue. Huh. It's not quite what I'm saying. Really? Sounds exactly the same to me. It does? Really? Yeah. All right, well, let's just try it again. Okay. Really listen. Got it. Okay. Je m'appelle Claude. Je te floop flee. <laughs> I haven't done uh, the comedy stage, have I? No. Uh, I mean... Because the comedy stage at Reading was quite early on. I mean, that was a huge influence on me because it was people like... You'd have Attila the Stockbroker and a bit of poetry. So he was like a sort of political comedy poet and he'd have people like Skimp Video. Um, Eddie Izzard would often be on. If you don't speak French, by the way, all that was fucking funny, all right? Um, so who, would you, who would you have? Would you have Let's these? put Eddie Izzard on. Let's put Eddie Izzard on for the, uh, for the uh, Tuesday night. I was going to say, when, when we were talking before, I have a, another vivid memory of someone when I was, I must have been like eight or nine, saying, asking me what music I like, and me replying with green jelly. I don't know if, if Lucy remembers Green Jelly, but they did a, a three a version of Three Little Pigs 
Um, but they were like this horrible, they all dressed up as monsters and they were this horrible. But I think it's just because my one of my sister's friends was really into into green jelly. But <laughs> and I really liked the three little pig songs, had no idea what, what it was actually about. But I remember telling someone I really like green jelly. <laughs> they were absolutely awful. They had a, an album called Serial Killer, spelled C-E-R-A-E-L, and they were just very uh... they were very 80s thrash, but all dressed up as monsters. They were really bad um well i'm gonna go and look them up now i might put them on i might put them on day three green jelly right let's move on to the final night wednesday gosh oh well this is really the pressure is on now because i've put elvis costello he's already gone (laughs) he's gone um well we haven't had the pixies yet have we So clearly we're going to have the Pixies and the Breeders. Uh, yeah. This is going to be our night for... i tell you who else we're going to have. We're going to have Manic Street Preachers. Um, because again talking about festival performances that have actually stuck in my mind uh, there was the year that they were I think it was Reading again um, uh, extraordinary and yeah I think the also who else was I think Super Furry Animals were at that uh, oh I love Super Furry Animals I think they might have to go on the list as well You know how 
When you saw the Manics at Reading, was that with uh, with Richie? Yeah, so that would have been God. Well, what year would that have been? That would have been when did you? Uh, Holy Bible era, like ninety four, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, it must have been that. Sorry, Manic Street Preachers are a band. I'm surprised nobody is. This is the first time that they've even been mentioned. I think, and I'm surprised really? they've not been, not been gone before because they are absolutely. Massive. Oh, they'd be up there for me. They'd be yeah. up there for me. I think as I've got older, they're a band that I've like, come to appreciate a lot more. Mm. Um, like your, your, I know it's a more recent single, but your love alone with the woman from the Cardigans. That's yeah. another, another song that got up and gets stuck in my head just for the refrain of her repeat them repeating the "is not enough, is not enough, is not enough" over and over. <gasps> You've just reminded. I don't know why the Cardigans has taken me to Bjork. Uh, yes, I think some sort of, you know, sort of Scandinavian Nordic, thing, Nordic yeah. And, yeah, exactly, not that Iceland's in Scandinavia. Anyway, um, yeah, Bjork has to be there. I mean, absolutely no question. And Kate Bush. It's coming. Again, we could do a collaboration. I think that would be a, a super gig, like the Blur and Oasis. I think I would like to Oof. have Bjork and Kate Bush doing some kind of. Did you work. see? <clears throat> did you manage to see Kate Bush? No. No. You've just. It's like there's a little exposed oh, raw wound, and you've been oh. it. No, I mean actually, I didn't if I'm honest, really make that much of an effort because I'm at a stage in child rearing or it certainly was then where I was just so tired that I was like, oh, do you know, even if I got tickets, I'd probably end up being too tired to go. Or, you know, <laughs> I would yeah. let myself down in some way. But yeah, so this would be making up for me missing those gigs. Kate, Kate Bush is someone who's on stage theatrics far, far outweigh a, a cannon full of marshmallows. But, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. She doesn't need marshmallows, does she? Well, and Bjork as well. You know, you think, yeah, <laughs> she just, you know, amazing. I once um, nearly split up with the boyfriend uh, because, well, in fact, and I got out of the car. We were driving from Sheffield back to Manchester, and we were on Snake Pass, and I'd nearly got out of the car because he wouldn't say that he preferred Bjork to me. Um, and I now look back on that and I think, you know, he was absolutely right. It was, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have put him in that position. 
Spe- speaking of Bjork, were you ever a fan of the Sugar oh, Cube? Oh god, yeah. Well, again, going back to the chart show, my era of the chart show was when they uh, the, the Sugar Cubes were in the indie top ten, and um, you know, Birthday, and that album was uh, that that was a revelation to me, and I had never heard anything like it, and I just thought she was amazing, and I've just never really stopped loving her for a second. <laughs> Remember, my dad bought the cassette of. Um... Oh, so quiet when that and that was a massive uh, revelation of what songs could sound like mm. and how people could play around with it a lot more. Quite why my dad was ever into it. He listens to every episode. If he wants to, I was going to say write in, but he's my dad, so he can <laughs> <laughs> give me a ring, explain what's going on. Phone, Dad, <laughs> give us uh, your first uh, PO box. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> why did you love that song so much, Dad? Um, <laughs> Big, big departure from whatever he was listening to beforehand. I remember, no, that, I remember seeing that video when I was a kid and it just like fucking blew my mind. I was like, what is, who, what is she, is she a human? Like, is it like <laughs> well, she always to... used to wear the same kind of dresses, just like a very plain, like a, a dress you would draw as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, she she just looked brilliant and then obviously she started wearing incredible things and so as a style icon her and Kate yeah. Bush you know just it's the whole package isn't it it's everything about them musically and visually and everything mm. yeah. oh um Grace Jones yes Grace Jones uh, I had just not even mentioned how incredibly brilliant I've always thought she is as well and so uh you know, yeah, musically, there was nothing like it. To me, La on Rose, her version of La on Rose is one of the best cover versions of all time. Bumper is an amazing song. Slaps the rhythm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Massive pioneer. And I sort of feel like she's not had a huge amount of credit for how different she was. And also being a, a, a sort of a quite fierce woman who would hit interviewers and stuff, which obviously, you know, she, yeah, she was I mean, she's clearly completely mad, but um, I think you know, in a in a very interesting way. I feel like so. I feel like what made made Grace Jones stand out and what made her different was used as a stick to beat her with, rather than to celebrate her for yeah. quite a lot of the time. And I think she was mocked for the fact that she, you know, was fierce and was outrageous. And whereas other performers might be praised for that sort of thing, Grace Jones. Oh, well, male, I mean, male, male performers, male performers can get away with that shit, can't they? I mean, Van Morrison has been an asshole for as long as I can remember, and everyone has let him get away with it completely. But yeah, she got. They're only kind of realising it now after his. Uh, mm. What's it? Has he done a, an anti-mask song or something? Yeah, I mean, a concept album about uh, 
about COVID and anti-mask. I mean, I would love to hear it. I'll be honest. (laughs) I can't imagine that aging poorly in years to come. (laughs) Not at all. It's him, him, Noel Gallagher and Ian Brown, the the anti-mask crew, aren't they? at the moment well maybe i should have an anti-mask stage in my festival just <laughs> for the sake of balance they can they can be on that and right said fred and jim cork and <laughs> watch them what what a lineup the, the, <laughs> the stone roses van morrison and right said fred <laughs> you see it's interesting because i do think you know we are we're in such an era of having to separate the art from the artist and you know it was certainly with morrissey i think we've all had that haven't we about oh god, oh, god yeah. um or you know not not everyone some of your listeners may be fascists and good luck to you. Hello, <laughs> hello fascists hope you're enjoying the show oh, um, fuck off <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I definitely think I we are going to have to sort of separate our our love of art from our love of the people because I do. I mean, the Stone Roses I absolutely loved and were a huge oh, part of same. why I was in Manchester. And- like an absolute love affair for me and that will never you know i'll never not be able to listen to the stone roses no matter how mad ian brown goes and actually ian brown solo stuff his early solo stuff i really like the, that's great yeah var and all that yeah no. i um i can't believe i'm not i'm not i don't think i've told tommy this story before but my girlfriend used to work in sainsbury's in altringham um so you get quite a few well-to-do people you get a lot of footballers in there because it's altringham but it used to be um ian brown's uh, regular big shop was in in Sainsbury's in Altrincham. <laughs> anyway, she was working one day and he came in and just for a laugh, my girlfriend went, "Oh, can you get me? Um, can you get me some tickets for the the show at the the comeback shows?" And he went, he walked, he was like, "Oh, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do." And so she brushed it off. And then a couple of days later, he came in with two VIP tickets. <gasps> what? Two like VIP backstage tickets for the comeback oh shows. Oh my god. And then um, just left. We're them sorry, Brian. You're you're a bloody legend, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely fine by us, Ian. And uh, we'll give you that PO box number we were going to give to Johnny's dad for uh, sending our tickets to. Well, it's a bit awkward because Ian Brown is actually my dad. So uh... <laughs> that's amazing, though. That is Aww. amazing. But there well, there's a happy ending. There's a happy ending. Yeah. There you go. That's nice. Just put on a mask when next time you're in Sainsbury's, Ian. That's all we're asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tommy, do you want to give a run through of uh, Lucy's festival? Oh God! Good luck with the go. French name. It's epic. I'm not saying that. <laughs> right. So it's uh, uh, Lucy. Your festival is called Pastival. Uh, is that right? It was yes. called Passable. Yeah. Yep, yep. Right, it's Passable. So it's a VR experience uh, in uh, an age you were at the age of your favourite festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got in uh, Whitgift Shopping Centre in Croydon or any sort of Elephant Castle in South London, disused, uh, dilapidated shopping centre. So it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday festival. 
Uh, Monday, we've got Strawberry Switchblade headlining and shout-outs. It's, well, it's a Scottish theme day. We've got Aztec Camera, uh, Proclaimers, Jesus and Mary Chain, Teenage Fan Club. Probably missed um, a few, but... Bell and Sebastian. Bell and yeah, Sebastian, Sebastian, sorry. for Johnny, yeah. For yeah. Johnny, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, we've got Blur and Oasis with a sort of... Uh, Co-headline slot slash fight, maybe we'll see. <laughs> then we kind of, uh, yeah, the big Tuesday night is uh, we've got Elvis Costello, Prefab Sprite, Scritty Politty, Working Week, the Star Council, Billy Bragg, the Redskins, Sweet Honey and the Rock, Everything But the Girl. I think that's as far as I got with uh, listening. <laughs> that'll down. do. That'll do. And that'll yeah, that's do. That'll full do. And the comedy stage, we've got Eddie Isdard that day. Uh, Wednesday, closing things off, we've got Pixies, The Breeders, Manic Street Preachers, Super Fairy Animals, Bjork, Kate Bush, and Grace Jones. That's a pretty bloody epic festival. Lucy Porter, uh, thanks for coming on your fest. Thank you very much. Very happy with that. Thank you. And we didn't even sort out the toilets in the end. We're just going to have to rely on <laughs> you know the toilets what? in the Whitgift Centre. It's nice that we kind of avoided that, that you know, that's that sort of talk for once. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make do of what we've got. <laughs> very Lucy, good. Well, thank it's you been very an much. absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was episode 15 of Your Fest with Lucy Porter and our first delve into the world of virtual reality and Tommy's first experience of green jelly, who I made him listen to uh, Three Little Pigs afterwards. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was doing quite a busy shift on uh, on Five Live, Five Live News, and uh, Johnny sent me that, and it kind of just it, it ruined my day a bit, to be honest. <laughs> it just it freaked me that, it freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. But, That's all they ever aim to do, just ruin Tommy's, ruin Tommy's day. And he does it so many times, uh, dear listener. <laughs> anyway, if you enjoyed that episode of Your Fest, you can follow Lucy on Twitter at Lucy Porter Comic. You can follow Your Fest on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Andrew Stu. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Please leave us some nice comments. Uh, go back and listen to our previous episodes. Follow our uh, Spotify playlist, the Your Fest set list, which features loads of songs that we've had on previous episodes. And then join us again next week for episode 16. And this time, Tommy's extremely excited about who our guest is going to be next week. So we can put a little poll up. You can have a guess at who it might be. Put that on our Twitter account. And we'll see you again next week for another episode it, of Your Fest. It might, it might just be Richard Blackwood. Who, who knows? <laughs> Could be. We'll see you again. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.